Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast. So today's episode, I had a very special interview with a yoga instructor. Instructor, Wow, words are hard. With a yoga instructor I met in Santa Monica. I actually met her at a beach cleanup. Her name is Sarah Hanala. She has a beautiful, amazing story and journey, how she got into yoga. So we talk a lot about her journey. We talk a lot about yoga. We talk really, really in depth about some morning rituals and just mental health, the environment, sustainability, like so many topics that I'm so passionate about and that I love. So I know that you guys are going to love it too. If you absolutely love this episode, if you've gotten value out of it, please take a screenshot, share on your stories, tag Sarah and I so we know, so we can really just recognize you guys that are listening on the podcast and start a conversation with you. Let us know what you love the most about the episode. So that is really helpful feedback. That is probably the most feedback that I can get is when you let me know, you know, share it and let me know what you like about these episodes so I can keep on creating podcast episodes that you enjoy and that you get value out of. So let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Sarah Hanala. Did I say your name right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have practiced that in the beginning. Um, Sarah is a bhakti yoga teacher, writer, full-time lover. She was voted best yoga class in Tahoe two years in a row. And I can vouch for that because I've taken one of her yoga classes. Your yoga class was honestly one of the best yoga classes I've ever taken. And I've taken you know, a good handful of yoga classes. Um, so you're an amazing yoga teacher. And I actually met you on the beach at a beach cleanup and you're so passionate. And so we're going to dive into plastic, single use stuff, like all of the things. But before we even dive into the conversation, do you want to give yourself a little introduction so the audience can know who you are, your story and kind of where you're at right now? Sure, definitely. Thank you, Tori, so much for having me. I'm really excited to share with you. And thank you for all the kind words that you said about me and my, my class. That means so much. So um, as Tori said, my name is Sarah Honola. I am originally from South Florida, but I moved out West 10 years ago um, when I was 15. And that's when I first found yoga. I was struggling with anxiety and depression and just like overall um, mental, like mental illness, really. Um, and so a family friend of mine, her husband teaches yoga. So she took me to his yoga class and I've always been really physical. So I've always done, done something physical. I ran track. I you know, did gymnastics really young. I always did backflips and cheerleading and just like was always super physical. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, I, it was really hard. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. really, really hard. <laughs> and then I, I was almost like instantly hooked. I wouldn't say that I was like completely in love right away, mm -hmm. but she was kind of like putting me on a regimen. So like she'd have me walk, wake up early, much or earlier than I was used to, um, which has kind of started a lot of how I live my life now. Mm -hmm. And so she woke me up early, took me on walks, made me walk with the dog. And then we go to yoga 
and then we'd like have brunch or something like that after mm -hmm. and so I started doing yoga and I really liked it a lot it was like I said super hard but I was really into it because I've always been so physical and I was like "Ooh, a new challenge mm -hmm. you know and then um I started I took it in high school as well um it was like one of my classes when I went to boarding school and so I got really hooked and that's how it was at boarding school actually is how I got into the want to teach so one of my my teacher one day her dog pooped all over her whole house no way and yeah and so she <laughs> called me you know early in the morning but yoga was our first class of the day so she mm -hmm. called me she's like Sarah I have dog poop all over my whole house she's like crying she's like there's no way that I can teach right now is there any way that you could teach the class no way and I'm like uh, <laughs> I'm like I guess sure like I had already been practicing for like this was I was 18 now is my senior year so I'd already been practicing for three years pretty much okay. a daily practice um fairly daily at least mm -hmm. a little little something and she was my dance teacher too so like I was like, okay, I can figure it out, you know, yeah. and I, I did it and I, I taught and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I love it. And that's kind of how I got into the want to teach. And so when I graduated and I moved back to Tahoe, um, I actually was gifted my first teacher training by one of my teachers. And it was actually a few years before boarding school and stuff that I got into bhakti yoga. Oh, no. Actually, it was right after boarding school. I got into the bhakti yoga. Can you explain to me and the audience what bhakti yoga is? Because I don't Absolutely. even think I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So bhakti yoga is, there's four paths of yoga. And bhakti yoga is one of them. Bhakti is the yoga of love and devotion. Okay. So when it comes to the way that I teach and um, urban bhakti, so urban bhakti flow is one of, one of my first certifications. And also kind of a lot of the way I teach, it's a practice that was um kind of designed and created by rusty wells of san francisco and so it the definition of it of an urban bhakti flow is a heated vinyasa flow with chanting okay so kirtan chanting singing sound all of that kind of stuff is how um we like open up our voices and our hearts a lot in order to practice devotional service and mm -hmm. practice that art of love, which bhakti okay. is. And so if you, for anyone who's taken my class, you've taken my class, you'll know we do a lot of sounds. Like we make a lot of weird noises, a mm -hmm. lot of loud breaths, um, you know, I'll make you say something really weird mm -hmm. or you scream how much you love your body or something like that, kiss your knees or your yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, so everything is just a little more love infused and devotional infused. So it's like every practice that we do, every posture that we do is rounded by like how it can be devoted to something else, whether that be someone else, your breath or something bigger than you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of, the idea of it all um and so i fell in love with bhakti yoga when okay. um i was in tahoe and that teacher i just like the first time i ever took the yoga class we we're chanting and i was just crying like not just oh. like tears like <laughs> like bawling like, crying <laughs> bawling i was like what is happening oh to me right now like what is this i felt like i had been like opened up like, or something yeah. you know I was like what is happening to me 
and we were chanting to Lord Ganesha, which is the elephant headed God. So I went home and I was like, Goo. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. Why, like, why is this happening? What did he do to me? <laughs> yeah. Like, what did he do? So I started Googling him and I just, um, I got really drawn into it and I love, um, I just fell in love with the philosophy and the mythology of it and the stories and the history and I, and Ganesh himself. So he is the remover of obstacles. And so I was definitely like in a very, and um, transitions. So I was like in a really transitional space. I had just moved, graduated, not college. I just graduated high school, kind of tried college out, didn't really work. I was in in Utah and then I moved back to Tahoe. And that's when I started going to Bhakti a little more. And I was like, okay, what is going on? Me and my teacher like fell in love. Like we um, just were real, you know, really connected. And so I went to her class all the time. And then I was gone for a little while and I came back and she randomly Facebook messages me and says, Hey, Sarah, you know, are you in town? I'm doing a teacher training and I like long, super long message. You know, I, I'm paraphrasing that. I think you should do my teacher training. I, you know, I want to gift it to you at 50% off because this is your life's purpose and this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, okay. She's like, can you have $600 by Friday? And I'm like, Okay. I'll figure it out, you know? I'm like, all right, all right. So I like didn't really have the money at the time. So I hit up my parents and was like, hey, you know, can I, you know, can you loan me this and I'll pay you back and then I'll pay the and then she said I could do a payment plan for the other Mm -hmm. half. And she was already giving me the whole thing 50% off. Wow. And I didn't even know like I was 19. I didn't really like I knew I wanted six hundred dollars is like a million dollars when you're 19. (laughs) teaching was going to be coming that soon to me. You know, I was like, Oh, I'm 19. Like it'll come later. It's fine. Like I definitely want to do it. But teacher trainings are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars Yeah, and time. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you can't really be working much at that time either because it's like full fledged, like teacher training. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she, you know, gets it to me and stuff. I got my family to, um, to, to pay for it. And they were like, you know, if you, my uncle was like, if you, mess it up somehow and you don't graduate then you have to pay me back he's like but if you if you you know finish it and you follow through with it and you start teaching then you don't have to pay me back that's awesome it's like awesome cool and so i did my teacher training everything and i started teaching literally the day after i graduated wow started hitting places up and it just everything just fell into place like perfect Mm -hmm. perfect like started teaching at my first class you know and like it went really well. And I just, I have taught pretty full time ever since. And then I've taken more teacher trainings Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's I've taught, you know, around the world, I've taught in different States. It has, you know, brought so much to my life um, Mm -hmm. because of it's all service, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yes, I like, yes, it's my job, but it, when your life is so much different, when you do it from a place of like genuine love and service. And I think things just fall into place a little bit easier. Like now I'm located in LA mm-hmm. where we met. And yeah. so I just moved here last summer and same situation, everything like teaching came easy. Everything just fell into place, house, teaching, jobs, friends, all that kind of stuff. Because it's just, I, when you are so focused on just yourself 
things don't work out as easy. But when you're focusing on what you can give to everybody else mm-hmm. and like how you can, you know, give serve, to everybody yeah. else, how you can serve yeah. and devote yourself to something more than your own personal self and ego, then everything comes so much easier. And so I think that the way I live in that sense ties so much into uh, my environmental about like my environmentalist part of me mm-hmm. and so like that's how you and I met you know I was holding a um a shuffle and mm-hmm. yoga and cleanup uh, yeah. event bikini cleanup of yeah, course yeah. <laughs> shout out to Ashley um who helped me prep it and with Vanessa and so that's how you and I met and mm-hmm. you know we I think it's just that sense of gratitude for that that yoga brings so like gratitude mm-hmm. for everything and then you learn to have gratitude for your earth and you're like well how can i help you know how yeah. can i clean up and yeah. what can i do a hundred percent i love and things like i love how like opportunities just start to open for you when you come from that place of service and you know what i mean like and I know that you've had like your ups and downs and you've had your obstacles and like uh, everyone, right? And there's been so many times where like we can get in our own minds and be our worst enemies. But when you're still focusing on what you can give, like the, the universe just has its way of working out and unfolding for you in such unexpected ways. So I love your story. I had like a couple questions though about yeah. be, because you were saying that you, you were practicing for three years. I think you said you were or maybe not 19, 19 is when you started your certification, right? But yeah. when your teacher, mm-hmm. when her dog pooped all over her house and you had to teach the class, were, did the thought of teaching ever come to your mind or was it just like thrown at you and then you fell in love with teaching? Or did it ever like think, did you ever think one day you were going to be a yoga teacher? I'm very you know, curious. I'm not, I'm really not that sure to be honest because I don't, I like don't 100% remember. I feel like I... I was like unsure where where I was in my life at that Mm -hmm. time. You know, I wanted to go to school. Like I, yeah, I don't think I really thought that much about teaching. Like I loved it, but I didn't necessarily think about it. And then it was thrown at me Yeah. and the universe was like, here you go. This is what you're supposed to do. Stop thinking about everything else. That's so funny. Um, (laughs) Did you feel capable or qualified when you were going into that class to teach? Because I know you were practicing for three years, but (laughs) teaching, I feel like, is a whole nother level. Like you were creating the energy in the room. Like you were leading the people through these poses. And just the thought of like, to me, the thought of that, like I've been practicing for a few years now, but the thought of being in front of the room, like completely terrifies me. And I just think it's so funny how like you show up and you level up when you have to. Right. I just think that, and, and then you really discovered such a beautiful gift that you have because you lead amazing yoga classes, you know, but if it wasn't thrown at you where you had to step up to that opportunity and kind of rise to the occasion, who knows what would happen? I think that's such a, honestly, like such a beautiful story (laughs) for the universe. Like that was so amazing. And that was something that really stuck out to me was like, you were just thrown into it and you were like, all right, we're doing it. Like it's happening. Literally with like, 15 minutes notice. Yeah. Oh my God. 15. Well, you didn't have time to like, like, I I guess like mind fuck yourself, you know, like you didn't have time to like overthink. Okay. Well, uh, it's happening. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing it. I feel like if you had more notice, you could have like talked yourself out of it or done something. You know what I mean? I think that's so funny. And it Uh, just, yeah, I don't know if I like, I feel like I was definitely nervous and mm -hmm. I, don't know if it like felt right until I was like 
doing it. And then when Mm -hmm. I was doing it, I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, this is easy. Like, and I still, to this day, I've never planned a single yoga class in my whole life. Like, and I didn't have a chance to plan that one. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's, it's just what, it's just like such my purpose. And it was just, even if it, I think even if it would have been, wouldn't have been thrown at me that way, it would have come another way. And what, yeah. It's just, it's, that's the way the universe works when it's forcing you to do something. Like when you have a specific path, which we all do, we all have these skills, you know, whether that's writing or teaching yoga or being the best damn plumber in the world. Like it, you know, like we all have a special gift Mm -hmm. and we just, the universe will give you all these tools and you can either fight it or you can, you know, fly with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many people are just like fighting all the signs that are coming to them. And then they're like, Oh, I don't have any skills. I can't do any of this stuff. And it's like, but you do. And it's in there somewhere. And so that's why I think it, eat what no matter what I would have done like it it came it like mm-hmm. it came to me you know like it's a, it happened immediately the second that I pretty much like got off the plane to California and moved out when I was 15 it was like here's your path all right you you did the first step it was like it was like leveling up in a video game like okay level one complete yeah second <laughs> level you, t- you know introduce like introducing you to yoga like mm-hmm. You know, it was like immediate, like literally within the first few days that I had moved, like I was introduced to yoga and I was like set like on that path right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's so cool. So cool. I the love way that. I love, I love that so much. Um, I do want to talk about just how yoga has really impacted your life. I know that you were talking about being and, you know, dealing with like mental health problems and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with you know, a lot of mental health issues that none of us really talk about and Mm -hmm. voice over or are even public about because we're, there's so much shame and stigma around it. And I know yoga for me has really helped me just get in tune with my body. And Mm -hmm. I used to have a lot of body image issues. Like I used to really hate my body. I hate my body type. Like I just really, I really hate my body and yoga really made me have a newfound appreciation to love my body and all that it can do and these shapes that it can create and having patience and grace, you know, when I couldn't do certain things and being present, but also being challenged. Like there's so many things I can go on and on on how you're right. in my life, but I'm curious how it's really impacted you and what you feel like to like, like what you can say right now to convince anyone who's like never done yoga or thinks that yo- yogis are a bunch of hippies. Like I want you to sell them on the idea because it has really changed my life. Yoga, like specifically has been such an impact on my life and I always keep on coming back to it. So I'd love to hear like your perspective and your journey with it and how it's really just helped you and not just, you know, with your, with your yoga career, but just in life in general. Yeah, absolutely. It has been absolutely life-changing from my body to my mental health. And if, you know, you think that yoga is just a bunch of hippies, you'll be, you know, really presently or unpresently surprised by all the rap music in my yoga class. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, so first, like, it definitely helped me a lot with my body. Um, that was probably one of the first things, like, because I dealt with a lot of eating disorders, um, just a lot Same. of struggle to love my body and what it was and also like struggling with food like finding like I was really sick a lot um 
and I was like afraid to eat because everything was making me sick. And so it definitely, um, like you said, like just helped really me have a new found appreciation for my body. Mm-hmm. And because of the mindfulness aspect of it, you become more mindful of what you eat. And mm-hmm. so eat that. Then when I learned to eat better, I learned how to take care of my body better. And then when I feel better, it's easier to love your body a little mm-hmm. more when you're not like throwing up or like in pain and so sick all the time. And so it, w- it wasn't until I really found bhakti yoga that it really helped with my mental health. Okay. So one of the main reasons it helped with my body too is not just like the mindfulness and like being able to eat better, but I was getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you feel stronger and you mm-hmm. feel more flexible and you feel more capable, then, you know, you feel better about a hundred percent because yeah. you're like, whoa, it made me be able to do all these incredible things. Like, how can I not love you and appreciate mm-hmm. you, you wonderful, wonderful shell. Mm-hmm. And then it was when I found Bhakti and, you know, just like the pure devotional love and service and the surrender to let mm-hmm. everything in your life, like be given as an offering to something more than yourself that I found it really helped in my mental health. So I was like doing yoga for like, like four, three or four years before it really even helped in my mental health, like at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I was doing yoga every single day while drinking or doing drugs Mm. (laughs) or, you know, struggling with addiction Mm -hmm. and struggling with my mental health and fight getting in fights and all sorts of stuff. You know, like I was like the definition of a troubled child. Like, (laughs) like, and I was in therapy. I was, I went to wilderness therapy. Like I was sent to programs. Like Mm -hmm. I, there was so much that my family tried to do to help me and nothing was helping. Like I was still so depressed. Like I haven't really had a ton of anxiety. Like I haven't really struggled as much with anxiety as I have with like anger and Mm -hmm. manic depression. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was diagnosed bipolar, manic depressed, like all anger problems. I've had to go, like I was getting in fights and stuff. So I had to go to like anger therapy stuff and all sorts of things. And like I said, it wasn't until I really found like the devotional service of it Mm -hmm. that I just like, it just like broke me open. Like, like that first class I told you about where I was just crying and crying. I think that was just the initial like hammer to the wall, just like, boom. I was just like cracked open in a way that I've never experienced in my whole life. Even to this day, like that still just like that moment, like just still sticks out to me forever and ever. Cause it was just like, whoa, like an overwhelming like rush and um, like spill, Mm -hmm. spill of myself that I've never experienced before. And, but I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Like as terrifying as it felt. And I was like, and you know, like you're in the middle of yoga class and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) just like literally like hyperventilating, like crying. You'd think you'd be so embarrassed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just like, wasn't, I was like, fuck it. Like, you know, here I am. Like, I was just, it was a feeling I had never had before. And it was as uncomfortable and like terrifying as it was. I had never felt so good. Wow. 
like I like someone poured water over me and like cleansed my soul. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. you know, it was just and I was hooked and I kept going back. Like I was like that will always be my home studio. Like Kirtan Bhakti will always be my thing because it's just changed everything about who I am. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that, you know, the next day I was a great person. Like I yeah. was a be- you know, I was the best lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. They say it's a 90 year practice minimum. We've got a little bit of time, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And and so it just really, um, yeah, I started just getting more into it. Like I said, studying it and Mm. learning more about the devotion of it. And then I started, you know, closing my eyes more during practice. I started waking up earlier. I started journaling. I started eating better. I started taking care of myself. And it's like, all like you can't just do one thing for your mental health like there's, so there's, not, many. there's never going to be one thing that's like it fixed me no like it's a constant battle and like work like constant mm-hmm. work but anything worth having does not come easy that's never always <laughs> say like and nobody did it themselves like nobody does anything like no one's successful completely on their own never. so like one yeah. thing that bhakti yoga taught me a lot too was like how to ask for help because like the chanting and like all the s- noises and the sounds, like all the stuff that's working on opening up your throat and your mm-hmm. heart teaches you how to ask for help, how to, you know, talk to people about things, how to speak up for yourself, how to speak up for others, and also when to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's something that we forget. It's like when we need to be quiet, yeah. like when it's good to just listen. And so like, all those things have like completely impacted my mental health because when you get, you know, when you're talking too much, you know, Mm -hmm. then people start to not listen. You're like, well, no one listens to me. Nobody hears me, you know, or if you are not talking enough, then you're like, well, nobody hears me. No one's listening. (laughs) There's always a problem. (laughs) There's always a problem. Yeah. All about finding that balance Mm -hmm. and, you know, the structure of it all, you know, is what, you know, how important structure is for mental health, you know, Mm -hmm. like waking up early, journaling, habits, drinking water, having habits, like all those things are so important. And that's, what's so beautiful about yoga is it, it teaches you discipline. Yes. And that's what I love about bhakti yoga and about teacher trainings. Like, so my second teacher training, I was like, all right, how can I find the hardest teacher training that like the most intense? I'm like, I want to be up at 5 a.m., I want to be struggling. Like mm-hmm. I need discipline. Yeah. Like I always knew, like what it was when I first went to boarding school that I discovered how important structure was for me, mm-hmm. um, like structure within freedom. Yeah. And that's what I love about yoga and what has changed my life, to, especially for my mental health. Like if we have, I think if we have too much structure, like, you know, someone telling you what to do all the time, mm-hmm. Like, well, where's my sense of freedom? Yes, exactly. You know, and so it's it's all about using your freedom to find discipline. A hundred percent. I like vice I love versa. That. I love that. Use your use your freedom to find discipline. That is quotable, you guys. I'm like writing that down right now because that's like so true. Because I think so many people like they try to resist having habits or waking up early or having that discipline because they want all of this freedom. Mm-hmm. But our, our bodies and our minds love a sense of structure and yeah. love a sense of routine. And when you can establish a healthy routine that is raising your vibrations, that's like raising you as a human soul and elevating you, like 
you, it will take your life to new places and therefore you'll be able to impact and serve even on a greater level. Um, exactly. So I would love to even jump into the routine. I know you have a more morning ritual routine, like no electronics whatsoever. Like I would love to hear about your morning routine, how long you've been doing it for. I've really been focusing on a morning routine lately as well. And it's honestly life-changing. So I want to hear about yours, like how you got into it, like how long you've been doing it for, what you do during your morning routine. And yeah, just let us, let us hear it all, all the good. <laughs> yeah. One of my biggest um, beliefs and that comes from yoga is discipline equals freedom you know, discipline leads to freedom. Like that is, and it's so hard for a lot of people to comprehend, but you know, one of the, my main things for my morning routine is I make my bed. That's the first thing I do in the morning. Um, before I even leave my room to go pee, like literally I get out of my bed and I make it. That's the very first thing I do. It's the first task completed. And once you've completed one task, then every task after that, you know, becomes another reward. You're like, Ooh, I did one thing. Now I'm motivated to do another Ooh, and another and another and another after build. that. Yeah. And even if you have the shittiest day ever, you come home to the clean, a clean, nicely made bed, you oh, know, and, yeah. and, and, and I also think that is really important to me is organization mm -hmm. because chaos leads to chaos. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you have disorganization in your home, then you're going to feel disorganized in your mind and you're going to feel chaotic. Mm -hmm. And so for my personal mental health, like cleanliness, which is a yogic practice, mm -hmm. one of the most important leads to my discipline, leads to my freedom, leads to my happiness and contentment in my life. Like everything's full circle. It all is connected. So when I wake up and I make my bed, and it's the first task completed, and my room is now organized and clean, then I can leave, and I can go pee, you know, do all the things, <laughs> but it's, like, one thing that's really important to me that I've noted, this is one that I've been making my bed for, like, a long time, mm -hmm. but uh, one that I definitely struggled with is drinking water, so, like, now I really try to, and this is something I implemented maybe six months ago or so, maybe a little longer, mm. um, I had always drank water, but it's like now I just really try to make it be like the first thing I do, you know, before mm -hmm. coffee, before juice, before protein shake, before anything, like a full glass. Like mm -hmm. I just stop and I drink the entire glass of water. Mm -hmm. I don't just like sip on it. Like I stop everything I'm doing. I focus. I'm completely present on finishing this at least one glass of water because water, it helps hydrate us you know, physically for one, when our body feels better, we feel better, of course, mm -hmm. but also it helps with your mental health a lot. It's a very cleansing practice as well. And it just kind of gets your day started. Once again, another task completed. Once one task completed, it's easy to get to the next. And then during all this time, I don't touch my phone. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's four main practices that I do in the morning. You know, I make my bed, I drink a glass of water, and I don't go on my phone for the first, depending on the day and like what's going on, at least 30 minutes. So, yeah. you know, like that's while, why I'm, while I'm making my bed, doing my regular like bathroom morning routine mm -hmm. stuff, drinking my water, and then I journal. Mm -hmm. And this journaling, the main part that I find the most important is my gratitude practice. So at the end, 
Um, so I write my thoughts, journal stuff up. I'm a poet, so sometimes I write a poem or something. I write about my day or my feelings or whatever it is. You know, oh, my dog, he's so cool. I don't you know, know anything. <laughs> Your dog like, is cool. <laughs> he is cool. Yeah. But it can be, it can be so mundane. Like, mm. it doesn't have to be this whole thought out, like, perfect process. It can just be like, oh, yesterday was hard. Just anything you know? that you're feeling, anything, like letting like, it out and letting literally it process anything out. At all. Or I, you know, I, I should really, you know, call the dentist this week. Like, just like, just the act of like putting your thoughts to paper draws like so much energy because mm -hmm. it's taking a thought and putting it into an action. Mm -hmm. And so action is what creates everything. So everything mm -hmm. begins with an idea. It's, you know, what we call it. All it all starts with your thoughts. Yeah. It yeah. all starts with your thoughts. And then, but if we never act on it, then nothing's ever going to happen. Mm -hmm. So whatever it may be, even the most mundane things, you know, just write it down. And then I end every single one of these journaling practices with a gratitude practice. And so I do three, like, this is my main thing about it is I do three things that I am grateful for about my life. And I try to keep it not so not so mundane people are like not you know i'm thankful for a home but if that's all you can think of that day that's fine say you're thankful mm -hmm. for a home you're thankful for access to you know healthy food <coughs> excuse me thank you you know i'm thankful for my dog like mm -hmm. sometimes that's all i write and then yeah. this part the second part i find to be the number one most important part is then you write three things you're grateful for about yourself Wow. Not physical. Not physical. Not physical. <laughs> wow. Not physical. So it can be, I am so thankful for my compassionate nature. I am so thankful for my patience with others. I am so thankful for, you know, my loving nature, whatever it is, like anything, you know, or my, how driven I am, mm -hmm. how confident I am, whatever it is. I you love know, that. And if you can think of more than three, hell yeah, please yeah. write more than three, mm -hmm. you know, and it can be, I try to really change it up every day. Um, mm -hmm. but it can be the same as the day before. If you're like still really on your vibe of like how disciplined you've been, you're like, Oh, I'm so thankful for how disciplined I've been, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's so important because we so often forget about ourselves all the time. And we forget that everything starts with ourselves. The mm -hmm. way you treat yourself is going to be, a huge reflection of how you treat everyone around you. So if you can't figure out how to love yourselves, how, first of all, how do you expect anyone else to love you? True. And second of all, how do you expect to love anybody else? If you can't find compassion for yourself, how, how will you have compassion for other beings? You can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Yeah. You have to yeah. fill yourself up before you can ever try to like, even think about pouring it for mm -hmm. somebody else, you know? And so that's one of my, what I think is the absolute most important practice. If you literally can't think of three things about, you know, your life that you're thankful for, at least think about three that you're thankful for about yourself. And sometimes it's really hard. And I run mm -hmm. these programs. Well, I just started doing this. Mm -hmm. um, they're like private yoga challenges where it's very interactive. And so I offer a couple yoga videos, some meditations. I always include my morning routine, which mm -hmm. I do just share with my Instagram followers as well. Mm -hmm. That's the one part that I share with everyone because mm -hmm. I think it's so important to I share those four things and kind of like I just did the explanations mm -hmm. as to why those are so important. Um, and so I have, I always have everyone introduce themselves by saying at least one thing they're thankful for about themselves. <coughs> Excuse me, I've been recovering from sickness. And so sometimes people really struggle with that. That's like the first task that I give everyone is I say, Hey, you know, introduce yourself. 
where you're from, blah, 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 that stuff, what your goals are with this challenge. And then one thing that you love about yourself. And I never say like, say love. <laughs> you love about yourself, non-physical. And sometimes it, it like breaks my heart a little bit how hard it is for some people to think of just one thing. Yeah, it really is. I think sometimes because we can be our own worst enemies. And oh it's God. so easy for our mind to just think about all the things that we're doing wrong or all the things that we want to do better. And that's why when you said that, I was like mind blown. I was like, that is a transformational practice for sure. Because it forces you to start looking within. It for forces you to start practicing that self-love. You know, and because a lot of us have like self-loathing and, oh, and then that just projects into the world and how we treat other people. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that. That's a part of your practice. Okay. I really want to jump into your just environmental philosophies. Like, um, I know you're very passionate about the environment, about sustainability. Um, and I would love to hear kind of one, what sparked that passion or that interest? Like, was there something that woke you up that you just realized, wow, like we have one planet, we're all connected. Like, what was that sparking moment for you? And then also any tips that you have for people that maybe want to start being more environmental, environmentally friendly, they want to be starting to be more eco-friendly, but they don't know really where to start or it's hard for them because we live in a very like single use economy right now. Like you go order food and they give everything in plastic and they give everything in boxes and stuff like that. You order a smoothie and they give you everything plastic. So how would, you know, you give your best tips for people that want to start practicing more eco-friendly, sustainable lifestyle, but they just find it challenging or they don't know where to start? Absolutely. So I think that, well, like I said, yoga kind of really sparked a lot for me. It just starts, you just start thinking about everything mindfully. But I think what really, really sparked it was traveling. Um, the more I travel, the more trash I see. So mm. like I lived in Tahoe for the past, like ten, the most part of the past 10 years. I've traveled a bit and I've lived other places a little bit, but it's a very like structured, not structured, that's not the right word, a very um, like kind of closed off area. Mm -hmm. Like secluded. so is secluded yeah it's yeah. super clean it's really taken care of you know there's not really any homeless people there there's no trash there's like none of that kind of stuff that's going on in literally you know the whole entire world and so the more i traveled especially in places like bali and costa rica and where there's so much wildlife mm -hmm. and i have like literally peeled trash out of the hands of monkeys like wow. plastic water bottles and um you know, stuff like that. And it's so hard. And you see the, these wildlife digging through the trash cans and, excuse me, water bottles all over the beach and all these animals, like most, so many people, especially like here in LA, you don't think about it mm -hmm. as much because it's just people and trash. But the yeah. moment you like see wildlife, like, like when you see a monkey holding a two liter water bottle and drinking water out of it, you're like, there's something wrong. Yeah. There's wow. something wrong with the way that we are living our lives right now. And when you come face to face with these monkeys and they're so sick, like you can tell their eyes are bloodshot. They're addicted to sugar and like wow. all these other things that are in our food and the trash. And you can just tell they're so sick. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to look at. And so when you come back home it's like, and you see that you see it, you start to see it more everywhere. Like I'm that friend that like ruins everything for everyone. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like, oh, cool. I'm going to get a 
a pizza floaty. I'm like, that's plastic. Mm. We're watching a TV show with all this stuff or whatever. I'm like, you see all that? That's all plastic. That's all trash. Like none of that is going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're like, oh shoot, you know, like, and they think about it more. And I would say some of the easiest ways to get started Mm -hmm. is I start with like my car and my bag. So like, what are things that I can carry around on me all the time that will, you know, help out with single use plastics. So like things like always having a bag, like obviously a reusable bag. So I have Mm -hmm. probably like 15 reusable bags Mm -hmm. and I keep like five of them in my car because when you use one and then you bring it in the house, you forget to bring it back in your car. You have a guilty. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. worst comes worth, get a paper bag. It's not a big deal and start putting your recycling in the paper bag. Like, so Mm -hmm. that's what we do here. I never get blue bags. I never, um, like get a specific bag to put my recycling stuff in. I just put it in either a box from a package we got or a paper bag or something else, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you don't have to have, like, there's a lot of excuses. Like I lived with these people for a while and they were like, oh, well, I don't have blue bags, you know, so I can't recycle. I don't want to go buy blue bags. I'm like, blue well, bags to recycle. Yeah. Yeah. So like blue bags are like the recycling bags. Um, Really, we just put it in the recycling bin. Yeah, totally. I was, and I think there's a lot of confusion <laughs> around recycling too, because for the longest time, I had no idea that you had to wash your stuff before oh, put recycling yeah. it. I literally had no idea, and I m- remember like hearing <laughs> that that it just it just goes to the dumps if it's not clean yep. plastic. And I was like, I have just been throwing my like unwashed plastic in the recycling bin for years and I had no idea I didn't even think about it um and I so I think there's a lot of it's hard yeah I think there's a lot of confusion um about recycling and people think that like I know even if you put it in a plastic bag like you can't put plastic recycling in a plastic bag to go into the recycling bin and I know a lot of people do that as well right And yeah, I, I just it, feel it like you can't have any plastic in there and it can't have any food waste. So the second food yeah. waste is on it, it's no good because wow. you have to think about it like this recycling. It's not like some, um, it's, re- it's not a machine like going through and sifting through it. It's people. And then like ro- like a little bit of robots as well. So mm-hmm. it's a conveyor belt going by. And mm-hmm. if it's not big enough and clean enough and easy for them to grab it, it's, it's gone. Yeah. It's done quick. So it's, yeah, like it's, I'm so, always working with it with people I live with, you know, reminding them like, oh, this is recyclable. This is not, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, yeah, like trying to get rid of all like the little excuses of like, oh, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. Like you said, you know, just put, throw it in the bin, mm-hmm. you know, it just has to be clean. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard to rinse out a pasta jar, you know, yeah. when you're done with it. Um, just do it immediately because then it doesn't stick, you know, yeah. just throw some water in it, put it off to the side, go eat your pasta. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a fit, thinking about efficiency and organization, like always when it comes down to anything. But like I said, you know, like having the, the multiple bags the on bags, you, yeah. you know, and then also like in my car, I always try to have, or in my bag, like something that you're with all the time, you know, I'm in my car a lot, or I have always have my backpack or purse or whatever, like whatever you guys have, mm-hmm. you know, works, um, rece- like use a reusable, um, silverware. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a big deal. I use bamboo stuff. You can buy it at any whole foods, ear one, you can order it online. Amazon. Yeah. Any of the, Amazon. Yeah. Um, to go where is what I personally use. I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, but it'd be cool. Um, (laughs) Shout out to go where, but um, I've been using them for years. I have two sets. So I always have two sets. 
So one's in my car and one's in my purse so that if I forget one or I use a different purse or whatever, then I always have it with me. So this is anytime like you want to go get food at Whole Foods or you get to go food or any of that kind of stuff, like, or you're on the go and you need mm-hmm. to eat quick, mm-hmm. you know, then you have that. That's like, these are like two simple things that can always be in there. And then a reusable water bottle. I always keep two of them as mm-hmm. well. So one's in my bag, one's in my car. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I always say like, start with like your car and your bag, like things that you're with all the time. Mm-hmm. What are some things that I can carry to start getting rid of single use plastic? Because I know that I've definitely, after moving here to LA, water has been a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was up north, like you could get water anywhere, like any gas station has it, like every, like just to fill you up. You could just fill up water, yeah. And here you literally can't. Like I go to Seven Eleven, no. Seven, they don't even have a water spout. That's like, not a thing like, here. It's not LA. a thing. No, and it's because <laughs> the water is not good anyway. And Mm-mm. so one thing I do, there is the water machines. Like there's always and there's a lot of that while you're traveling as well that a lot of people don't notice. Like I work with Fine Tap. I love them. Um, I'm not like sponsored by them either, but I just I work with them because I was like, your stuff is, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Fine tap is an app where you can, um, look in your area for places that, um, is that Vishnu? Fill up your water bottle. Or like, yeah, yes. but clean tap find, water. Clean. Yeah. And then fine tap. Fine tap. Okay. Yep. Mm. And the, the app itself is just tap. But I think if you just Google fine okay. tap or, or they have an Instagram and stuff too. They're a really good one. Um, and so it, it also will show you like, oh, is it chilled? Is it filtered? Is it sparkling? Like, what is it? Like all the objects you have, do oh, I have to wow. pay or is it free? Mm-hmm. And so I put like a bunch of stuff on the app when I was traveling in Costa Rica and Guatemala, having it all over Bali, like all over the world and all over your city, like near you. They, they were founded here in LA. Wow. Yeah. And so it's everywhere. Um, and it's really, really awesome because that's, that's really a cool. really good way to when you're traveling, cause that's a big excuse that we make. Um, mm. and I say we, because we, yeah. you know, we've yeah. all done it. We've all made that mistake mm-hmm. where you, um, have to get a, pl- sometimes you have to get a plastic water bottle. Yeah. You know, it's just if it's, the way, it's the, not, yeah, sometimes, but not the doing what you can. Please, please recycle it. It's all about doing what you can. And like, mm. like I said, first and foremost, just being compassionate with yourself. You can't get mad at yourself every time you get a water bottle or mm. get mad at yourself every time you forget your, your, your reusable bag. Like it's mm. all about starting somewhere and then we move on from there. And then I mm. think the second thing I go for is like my bathroom, like simple things, simple things that are really easy to replace, like your toothbrush, you know, get a bamboo toothbrush. Mm-hmm. you know stuff like that because there's so many plastics in our our bathroom and then when you're shopping and you're getting your shampoos and whatnot just check like does it say that this is recyclable yes awesome yeah. no okay let's do a different one yeah you know it all just it's one the step awareness back. around it is like the first step too just like exactly. even wanting to start i feel like awareness is is huge on that exactly. okay i could feel like i could go another hour <laughs> with you i know <laughs> I have a, but for the sake of time, we're going to have to end this. I mean, we could do a part two at some point because I feel like I could talk to you for, like, there's so many things that I wanted to ask you that I didn't ask. So we might have to do a part two at some point. <laughs> but as we close out, I wanted to ask, where can people find you? I know that you teach yoga here in Santa Monica at other studios in LA. I know that you have like online programs. So where can people find you? What's the best way? What's your jam? Um, where can they find all the best of Sarah? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so you can always find everything on my Instagram and my website. Everything is my name, Sarah Hanala, S-A-R-H-H-A-N-N-A-L-A. 
um, I will put that in the show notes. <laughs> yep, right. Um, so it's just my website. It's just sarahonola.com. My Instagram, Sarah Honola. My Facebook, like uh, it's just Sarah Honola Yoga. I think um, everything, Twitter, all that stuff. Like my even my email. Like literally mm. everything is just my name. Um, all the programs I run are either sent out sent out through my newsletter list, um, mm. which you can sign up for on my website. I've Spotify and all that stuff kind of too. Like I said, I got, I got a lot of rap music in my playlist. I got a lot of good <laughs> playlists. Um, and just like music in general, if you like music, all that's on Spotify as well. There's links from my website. And my Instagram, a lot of these programs that I run are through my Instagram. Mm. Um, so always staying informed on that. And I teach yoga right now just at the Yoga Collective in Santa Monica. And then I sub sometimes in Venice and then I do privates, um, primarily in events and stuff like that. So best things to do is just like get on my Instagram and my newsletter list so that you can always stay updated and you won't miss anything about what's going on when our next, you know, who knows, another shuffle meetup yeah. or uh, yes. <laughs> one know, very soon meetup <laughs> events and all sorts of stuff. like I'm always doing a ton of stuff. Um, if you ever want to come say hi, you can usually find me every Sunday in Santa Monica, flipping and doing crazy yoga, acro yoga stuff. I love that. Okay. And also Garrett really wants to learn how to do a backflip. So yes, you're I the only, love. you're the only person I know that knows how to do a backflip. So, so I, that's like the one thing. So maybe we have to like link up and, yes. and get some private sessions with you. Yes. All right. I'm going to end this right now. Thank you so much, Sarah. Seriously, so much value on this call. Um, I will link all of your information in the show notes. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit torinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.